It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud. The new web hosting plan from Bluehost, with 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Beware the Redwood Bureau, a secret organization which captures and researches creatures and objects that defy explanation. Their reckless procedures have led to countless innocent lives lost. I am Agent Conroy. I worked for the Redwood Bureau, but I have escaped them to leak their reports to the unsuspecting public. You have the right to know. Redwood Bureau Phenomenon 0206. Codename, Old Man Winter. Anyone living in the northern climes and higher elevations know the dangers of winter weather. The snow, ice, and high winds create a greater risk for car accidents, hypothermia, and heart attacks from overexertion. So, you prepare, bundle up, and drive as carefully as you can. But what if there's something out there in the cold you could never prepare for? Something predatory. One DC area resident met such a predator, 0206, dubbed Old Man Winter by the Bureau. The victim, showing signs of extreme frostbite, was found by local police wandering out in a blizzard that had shut the metropolitan area down. When Bureau elements embedded with them stepped in, their examinations of the subject revealed tissue damage far beyond the capabilities of the weather conditions he was discovered in. Of far greater concern was the subject's mental state. The following report was the result of the victim's extracted memories, compiled even as his brain activity flatlined. Over several decades, the Bureau and its affiliates worldwide have received similar reports of lost souls wandering in from the cold, their bodies ruined, their minds broken. But this was the only first-person report the Bureau had ever successfully gathered. What links these unfortunates to one another beyond the tragedy that befell them? Each one, separated by thousands of miles and often decades in between, were all found in a similar condition and singing the same song when they were discovered. 
The storm caught most everyone off guard. But perhaps no one as much as me. Back then, I spent every waking hour at the office, nose to my desktop for at least 14 hours a day. I was too busy making a career to pay attention to things like weather reports. My apartment was utilitarian, more for storage than comfort, and the single radiator in the corner did almost nothing to take the edge off a chill. It all felt fairly Soviet and depressing, and after a hard day at the office, I had no desire to spend even a second of the evening there. Instead, I pulled into my building's lot and walked straight to the beachhead. I hit that stage where the bar's staff and regulars would give me a friendly nod. I was warm and had my drink, and all was right with the world. The music coming out of the old juke, muffled by the crowd, was pleasant. Slowly, it dawned on me that I knew the song from somewhere, but the lyrics were impossible to pick out from the din of conversation around me. I squinted, my eyes darting from one corner of my sockets to the other trying to bring the name of this tune to the front of my brain. A few times, it seemed like I almost had it, but then it would go dancing away from me again. I hummed a measure into my glass as I took a sip. The name was on the tip of my tongue, but there it stayed, and I just ordered another drink as I puzzled it over, and then another, and uh... I remember waking up in the early morning in my bedroom, my socks still on and a raging headache stabbing at my temples. The cold found me even under the blanket, and as I reached out from under the covers, slapping around in the darkness for my phone, the chill was almost unbearable. 3.30 stared back at me from the screen. Well, should be no traffic, I supposed, and headed to the shower and my bottle of ibuprofen to get ready for the workday. I hummed the tune from the night before as I got ready, heard myself half saying, half singing, just like eyes, before I lost the thread again. I'm a New Englander by birth and no stranger to snowy conditions. Even as huge fat flakes pelted against my windshield, the wipers leaving streaks as it cleared them away. I didn't worry. Even as I made my way across long stretches of the interstate that clearly had yet to see a plow or sand truck, Everything seemed okay. As I struggled to keep my car on the blacktop, I didn't think it struck me as anything special. Then, a wall of bright red taillights suddenly appeared. The road ahead was absolutely blocked. Stopped vehicles spread cattywampus across every lane. I waited, and one by one, every car, truck, and van came to a slow, begrudging stop behind me. A few people gave out protest on their horns. But the city was known for its traffic, and most commuters had long ago made our peace with minor inconveniences like this. Still, I think even the most jaded of us began to notice as one hour and then another crept past us and we hadn't moved an inch. My attention wandered, looking for something, anything to catch my attention and make the time pass by more quickly. Just before daybreak and through a fresh rush of snowfall, I saw a man in a clearly well-loved camel hair coat 
walking among the cars on the southbound lane. Folks had still been freely running their vehicles then, just trying to stay warm while this inconvenience was cleared up. There was no hat on his head, his wild mop of curly hair swaying against the brutal wind, but the cold seemed not to bother him in the slightest as he literally strolled. He'd stop seemingly at random at various cars, gesturing for the drivers to roll their windows down. Only a few folks talked with him, most kept their windows closed. The man would stand there for a moment before shrugging and trundling off to the next vehicle. I rolled down my window to shout out to him, thinking that maybe there was something I could do for him. Before I could speak, his head snapped in my direction, and my hangover surged back. He was turning towards me, giving a cheery, broad wave, and moved towards the highway divider. I rolled my window back up and stared at the traffic ahead of me. When I risked a look back, I fully expected him to be standing alongside my window, but he was nowhere to be seen. At 7 a.m., I was rereading, for the 11th or so time, the sign promising me my exit was only a tantalizing five miles away. I watched folks emerge from their vehicles to run ice scrapers across their windshields, to kick at the offending frost under their tires with their dress shoes. One middle-aged guy layered his manila folders under his tires to get them to take purchase on anything other than the ice. I had to give him points for inventiveness, but even he gave up after about an hour. The 27-degree temperature proved too much for his business casual clothes to fend off. Very few of the cars were running by that point. Folks were coming to terms with the fact that they were all going to be there a while longer. I was bored, and with no external stimulus to push it out, the earworm was making itself very much at home. I hummed the nameless tune as I'd made a flurry of failed calls to the office, which established that I had no cell service. I had busied myself trying to find a local radio station that might be providing some information on what was happening in the outside world. Updates. The National Weather Forecast says the storm coming this evening is going to be a bad one. We're looking at a total shutdown. If you can, do your best to stay at home and don't... The local out. NPR affiliate warned of a crippling shutdown and advised folks who could to stay home. I spun the dial, but only found some religious broadcast and the 101 Zoo crew playing Foreigner's Hot-Blooded. Neither appealed. Instead, I opened the Notes app on my phone and started typing away. Shovel. Hand warmers. Solar phone charger. Sand-slash-salt. Hat. Gloves. Coat. My stomach grumbled, and I added, Maybe some MREs. I planned to be prepared the next time this happened. I tucked the phone away. People emerged from their cars, stretching their legs. A few had dogs in tow, taking them off to the side of the interstate to do their business. Several folks decided to simply abandon ship. They left their cars where they were, not even bothering to push them off to the side of the road. As the shadows lengthened, more and more seemed to be taking that option. Most of a day gone, and by that point what marginal warmth the sun had brought was fading, and it was clear we were going to be there overnight. I had no idea what the highway patrol would do with that many abandoned or disabled cars, and didn't want mine getting lost in the inevitable mess that was going to result. I stepped out of the car and dug through the kit in my trunk, 
eventually finding the emergency blanket. In a rush to pull it free, I yanked it out and slammed the trunk closed with all the limited grace my stiffening joints could muster. A collection of random items hit the ground by my feet, pulled out in the blanket's wake. I gathered them hastily, cursing like a sailor the entire time, and dumped them into the passenger seat to be sorted out later as I slithered back inside. Then I unfurled the blanket and slid inside it as quickly as I could. I waited while my body heat filled the confines of the blanket, stilling my quakes and shivers, then reclined my seat as far as I could and tried to get comfortable. My head grew heavy, despite my neck already tightening up from the awkward position, and gradually I drifted off. I woke up in some unfamiliar dark hour of the next day's morning. The seat buckle digging into my hip and an urgent pressure in my bladder. I groaned. To step outside and face the sudden shock of the cold would mean I would almost certainly be awake for the rest of the night. With an indignant huff, I reached for the door handle and it cracked open. Then I heard a tap, followed by a gentle voice singing, Baby, it's cold outside. Two thoughts popped into my head, one after another. First, on a wave of recognition and relief. That's what it's called. Next, as I looked up into the man's face through the window of my partially open door, was just a string of panicked curses. He tilted his head down at me as his features slid from a blank expression to a lopsided grin, the skin popping along the seams of his mouth from the effort. His lips were black, strips of flaky dry skin poking up like tiny lamprey's teeth. Huge indigo patches around his eyes and cheeks looked like bruising from the most vicious beating imaginable. His bare fingers wrapped around my door were withered and looked as though they'd been charred in a fire. Ruined russet-colored divots ran together across his exposed flesh where blisters had broken open long ago and dried without healing. I tried to pull the door closed with every ounce of strength I had, full expecting his ruined digits to pop off his hands as metal closed to form the seal. Instead, he wrenched it wide open. My numb fingers offered him no resistance, a sharp sting radiating down them as he tore it loose from my hands. So very nice. I'll hold your hands there just like eyes. His thoroughly unremarkable voice recited as he lowered his frost-bitten face to my level. Then, quick as the winter wind itself, he shot forward and wrapped his movie mummy hands around my throat. I thought I had been cold before, but words failed to convey how sudden and absolute the chill became as his flesh touched mine. I tried to scramble backwards into the passenger seat, but my body was already quaking to the point that simple action seemed impossible. I flailed hands and feet at him, but my heart gave a dull and idiotic pump against my ribs and whatever strength I'd ever had was gone. I remember feeling the hairs inside my nose go stiff and bristle as freezing air rushed up and stole my breath away. Strangely, the rotting thing killing me had no odor. The car suddenly lit up with a bright sugar orange glow. The frozen corpse's eyes and mine both rolled down to the flare I had in my hand. The intense heat it gave barely felt through the numbness that had become my entire world. I could see that the thing's jacket, up close, was clearly old, the color it had once had indeterminable from years of exposure to the elements. The dead man worked its jaw as though to speak, 
but instead, a kind of scream, high and wailing, issued out its ruined lips as I thrust the flare against the fabric it wore, and the whole thing burned. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters? Murder? Mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more lighthearted tone. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The press lectured the local government for how unprepared it had been. Stores took days to restock the essentials of bread, eggs, and milk. Everybody remarked that if it had been a rainstorm, we'd have all said, imagine if that had all been snow. 38 inches or so, if you're interested, by the way. I woke up in the hospital, treated for exposure and burns. The EMTs had finally made it to our patch of the interstate after they received reports of a car fire and found me alongside it in the center lane. The police and hospital staff interviewed me a couple of times, some were concerned with making sure that it hadn't been a suicide attempt of some kind. Others wanted me to know how dangerous it had been to try to stay warm using a flare inside the car. The second night I was there, one of the nurses left the radio playing as she fiddled with my chart. It was loud enough to rouse me from my sleep, and I heard the DJ say something along these lines. Hey, to everybody who got caught out on the roads, let this be a lesson, okay? That party or date or job just isn't worth it. When the weather's like that, just stay home. Old man Winter almost got you all this time. There were some fatalities that night. Mostly clogged tailpipes, space heater fires, and black ice collisions. Tragic, but not unexpected given the conditions. There were also eight exposure deaths. Homeless people mostly. Forgotten folks that just couldn't find shelter. But then there were the ones out on the interstate. Two women and one man all traveling alone, stuck in traffic, and miles apart from each other, all found out into the wooded areas that shielded the rest of the world from the noise of the highway. They seemingly just wandered away from their cars in the middle of the night and got lost in the storm just when it was at its worst. No one reported them walking away. 
I've looked, but I don't believe their names or pictures were ever released. That was last winter, and despite my promise to be ready next time, all it took was a couple of muggy summers for me to forget. The bone chill of that night seemed like another lifetime out in the bright sunlight. The winter had been mild this year, well, until this morning. When I woke up, I looked out my bedroom window. The snow was coming down hard, steady and fast. It's funny, but it didn't feel cold enough to me to even be snowing. I guess that's lucky because I didn't have a portable shovel or hand warmers in my trunk. No extra hat, thick gloves, or warm coat either. What I do have is a tune stuck in my head, one I haven't thought of in months. The lyrics were right at the tip of my tongue. I got my suit out of the closet and shrugged into my old overcoat. I was halfway out the door when I realized I could not feel my grip on the handle. The fingers around it, my fingers, were waxy and jet black, the color spreading up my wrist and disappearing under the sleeve of my shirt. I opened my mouth, but I didn't scream, cry out, or even laugh. No. Instead, I heard my voice. My flat, unremarkable voice croon, Baby, it's cold outside. I closed the door behind me as I stepped out into a cold I could no longer feel. The term Old Man Winter is a complete misnomer. 0206 is not a single entity, but an irregularly occurring phenomenon observed in both male and female subjects. Rapidly after onset, the body develops signs of advanced frostbite and begins to radiate an extreme cold and immediately begins seeking out a new host. Someone making physical contact with a 0206 instance will result in rapid development of exposure symptoms up to and including frostbite. Should the victim survive the encounter, they will otherwise appear normal, though the few interviewed before their condition took hold described a feeling of numbness throughout that period. How long the victim's condition can remain dormant is unknown, but will manifest only during a period of unseasonable cold for their area. The longest known incubation period was a full 15 years from initial exposure to manifestation. Old Man Winter is nothing if not patient. The Bureau has established a threat level of lethal for this phenomenon, indicating it can and will cause local or regional chaos and death. No recorded instance of 0206 has spoken. Vocalizations have been limited to grunts, screams, and snippets of the popular early 20th century American standard, Baby It's Cold Outside. Why the subjects sing this particular song is unknown, but it has been observed in 0206 instances since the song's first appearance in the 1940s. As one researcher simply stated to me, I think it likes it. As of now, no instances of 0206 are in Redwood Bureau custody. Once the initial 0206 instance successfully transmits the condition to a new host, that instance's body becomes inert, and subsequent examination reveals it to be nothing more than a corpse. If 0206 cannot find a host within an undetermined amount of time, a similar condition results. All you'll have is a dead body on your hands. Thus, the Bureau has yet to develop effective predictors, treatments, or countermeasures for 0206 events. It is this lack of information that, quite frankly, leaves me cold. RPP report 0206 deactivated. I'm Josh Tomar, host of Redwood Bureau, 
Thank you for listening. Redwood Bureau is a horror fiction podcast and part of the EerieCast Podcast Network. For more dreadful terrors, follow Redwood Bureau on Spotify and iTunes, and check out our other podcasts like Unexplained Encounters and Freaky Folklore on your favorite podcast platform. You can find me on Twitter and Twitch under username Tomamoto, T-O-M-A-M-O-T-O, and my voiceover is featured in a wide variety of your favorite video games, anime, and other animated shows. Until next time, don't forget, this world is a strange one. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.